Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 83. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, imaginative, and innovative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about the importance of mindset, motivation, and modeling for school leaders. You know, yesterday I was at the airport security getting ready to fly from Tulsa to Washington, D.C., where I'm at the National Association of Secondary Principals Principal of the Year Award Ceremony to recognize our state principal of the year, Auspicia Carlson from John Marshall High School in Oklahoma City. And as I was walking through airport security, I exchanged pleasantries with a dad that I ran into from my former school. And as we were talking we were catching up on uh, kids in school, and he said to me very kindly as we were leaving, we miss you. And I thanked him, and as I walked away, I was just grateful once again for knowing that even though I've started a new position as an executive director for my state principals association, I was able to leave a school that I loved uh, and left at a time when I still loved what I did. And And I think that feeling was reciprocal. And when we think about the work that we do in schools, so often we can focus on the mistakes that we've made, but we also need to remember that when we take time to plant our roots deeply in a place, we can also enjoy the fruits of watching others grow. And last week, I was hosting a webinar series, the second in a series of webinars for my State Principals Association over my first book, Principal Matters, The Motivation, Courage, and Action Needed for School Leaders, when I decided to talk about uh, chapters three through five, which are on focusing, maintaining your motivation, and making each day count. And I think an easier way to remember that is by saying mindset, motivation, and modeling. And so this week, I just want to encourage you that whether you're stepping into a new position as a school leader or you've been serving in your role for a long time, you never outgrow your need to reflect on why your service is so influential to others. And so I want to encourage you to think about these three areas and a way to do a quick self-assessment with three takeaways from each area of mindset, motivation, and modeling. And as a way to do that, I'm going to play back for you the conversation that I had in that webinar. And if you'd like to see the video recording or the slides of that presentation, I'll link to those in my show notes as well. But listen into this audio version of that podcast. And I just want to encourage you to, in that conversation, think about your own mindset, your own motivation, and your own modeling. And then I'm going to wrap up that conversation after the recording at the end with some takeaways. So thanks for listening in. If you'd like to have other free resources like the one you're listening to right now, you can check out all my resources at williamdparker.com. You can check out my books there, including my newest book, Messaging Matters, How to Inspire Students, Motivate Teachers, and Reach Your Communities. So thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation this week on mindset, motivation, and modeling. I also want to give you a quick heads up that parts of the audio are a little bit spotty this time. As some of the participants' mics and or were not picking up well on my speaker, so I apologize ahead of time for the audio problems and a, and a few cut-ins, cut-outs uh, from the way it recorded. But um, I hope that you can enjoy the value of the conversation we had together. This morning, we're going to be talking through chapters three through five, which are on focus, motivation, and making it count. It's so good to see you guys as you're logging in. Good morning, Professor Case. Good morning, Kelly. 
Good morning, Ton, and good morning, Don Pierce. It's so great to see you guys. A few uh, weeks ago, I was sitting down and, and thinking, you know, in 12 years of school leadership as an assistant principal and as a high school principal, it's hard to tabulate the number of times that I've had to work through difficult situations with kids. And they come in lots of different scenarios, and not just with students, but with teachers or with parents or community uh, situations. And so when you begin to multiply the number of those conflicts that you're being asked to manage, sometimes it's really hard to keep focused on what's important. And so this morning, I just want to, first of all, just say as a school leader that you're not alone. Often when you look at the research on principal services in schools, there's a reason why most people who step into our field don't last more than three to five years. And so for those of us that have made it a decade or longer, uh, we're the exception to the rule. And for those of you who may be stepping into school leadership for the first time, let me just encourage you that as overwhelming as any new task can be, uh, there is the opportunity to move from simply surviving uh, to finding joy or to even thriving in the work that you're doing too. And so as we talk about focus this week, I just want to touch base on what I believe are some practical takeaways as you step into a daily routine of constantly having to manage and answer questions or find answers to to difficult situations. And so in chapter three that uh, in our reading this week, there were three takeaways that I wanted to just focus on for a moment and give you some practical uh, ideas with that as well. When I think about focus, sometimes it's difficult with those, when you're managing those pressures to remember that negatives always are going to exist. We, we never ever are going to have work that doesn't involve negatives or challenges, which is why we need courage, which is what we talked about last week. And it's important that through the negatives that we stop and focus on why what we're doing matters. And just three simple takeaways that I hope will be helpful as you're thinking about how do you stay focused with all of the amazing challenges that you may be facing right now. And so Let's talk about those for just a moment. The first of those is one that I know sounds very, very simple, but it's one that we often forget. And I often try to remind principals to get out of your office. And I know that sounds like a no-brainer, but so often I think that we can get so focused on the tasks that we have that we forget that the people whom we're serving need to see us visible. And so whether that's being in the front of your school when school begins or being in the commons area when students are coming in or walking halls during bell periods or making sure that you're that you're setting specific goals for walkthroughs through your school when you see teachers and students in action then you're reminded of the reason that your leadership matters because when you're out of your office and you're getting an opportunity to see these encounters that teachers and students are having it's inspiring let me give you a quick tip that I often um, encourage principals to do when they're out of the office that I think relates back to emphasizing your mission. One of the habits that um, I practiced for a lot of years when I was out of the office and in my school was looking for moments that I could capture, even in walkthroughs, even in just those brief times that I was able to get in the classrooms. When you see something amazing happening in a classroom, write it down or put it in your phone or take a picture and then When you get back to your office, how can you share out with others what you're seeing happening around your school? 
I often use what we call kudos emails, where if I'm out of my office and I'm seeing great things happening among students or teachers, I'm capturing that moment and sharing it out with others so that they can see what's happening beyond the confines of their own classroom. Because often teachers work in isolation and principals can too, but we have a unique perspective when we walk through schools that others don't have. And so get out of your office. And when you are, take an opportunity to capture something wonderful that's happening in your school and share that out so that others can stay focused on what matters in your day. I know it's easy at the end of the day to go home thinking about the toughest situations that you've had to manage. But what you need to be communicating to others in your school community is not all those tough moments that you just had to manage, but the great moments that are happening so that they can stay focused on why school really matters and so that the momentum of positivity can outweigh the the negatives that we face every single day. And that leads me to point number two, turning difficulties into opportunities. How can you allow difficult moments to become opportunities for learning? And that's not always easy. I've, uh, you know, in all the years that I was in school leadership, there were still moments where I thought I was stepping into a situation that I could well, I could manage well, or that I had lots of experience in managing. And sometimes I was still thrown off guard or still put in a situation where we were not able to reach a happy resolution. And so that's inevitable. But I believe that over time, even difficult moments can be ones that you can turn into learning moments. And I told a quick story in the in this chapter about a parent who'd come to see me one morning, uh, really upset about his son and some things that were happening in class. And I could tell he was angry and, and wanted a confrontation. And I turned that into an opportunity to invite him to eat breakfast with me. Now, I, I don't do that in every situation and I don't always have time to, but that just that offered completely changed the tone of our conversation. And he began to see me as an ally rather than an opponent in finding a solution for, uh, for his child and, and teaming with the teacher to find a solution together. And so number two, how do you take the most difficult moments that you're facing and look for opportunities of learning in those? How can you stay focused in those difficult moments on what's the end goal? How do we keep those um, difficult moments, ones that we can turn into opportunities. And number three, how do you treasure the most positive moments that are happening in your school? How do you take time to be mindful of the things that are happening around you? And I'll give you an example. You know, if I do a walk through uh, through a school, I might sit down later and just make a list of all the things that I'm seeing happening. One day, for instance, as I walked through my school, I remembered that I had seen kids building Photoshop images in their computer classes, trigonometry students doing inverse functions, our FFA officers being taught how to prepare for their speeches, our chemistry kids doing labs. That's just one period walking through the school. But if I did not take time to sit and treasure those for a moment or jot down those thoughts while they were on my mind, it would have been easy for me to forget that there were some great things happening that day because I'm also managing difficult moments at the same time. So here's my first question for us today as we talk about the ability to stay focused on the positives happening around us so that we can lead others positively. Last time we talked and I asked you the question to share some of the challenges that you've been facing in your leadership this year. But I want to follow that up with a second question. And uh, and I'm going to ask you to just take a moment if you can unmute your mics and share with the rest of us. I'm using the teacher be patient pause. Well, yeah, go ahead. Children's. Hey, some things that are going on in our world uh, is, uh, well, as a lot of us have had the 
people uh, have happened on this. Uh, we've been enough to together and think it's necessary that we capitalize on that. I love that. Thank you, Kelly. And I know that some, uh, a little bit of that sound was breaking out on me, but what I caught, uh, the, the gist of what I caught you saying was that you guys are experiencing some success. Uh, did you say specifically in athletics? Yeah. And, and that success breeds success. And so when you can optimize, when you can take those successful moments that students are having in programs, whether it's in a specific program or specific activity, it's amazing how that builds momentum among the other programs in your school for students to feel inspired. And so um, I love that, Kelly. How can we capitalize on those moments that are happening when our kids are experiencing success? A, uh, what's a positive that you're observing right now that's been a motivation for you? as you started off the school year. Good to see you, Jeremy. It just scared me to death, but my principal was in my room every day. He just in my Well, and again, if you were, um, thank you, Stephanie. I know some of that sound came in and out too. I apologize that some of our connections aren't as strong as they need to be today. But Stephanie was sharing a couple of takeaways. One, how important it is for uh, when principals are out of the office and, and Professor Case works with principal training at Southern Nazarene University. And thanks, Stephanie, for that story about in your own teaching experience, how having a principal in your room at first was disarming. Uh, how often do I want this person in my room? But after a while, it becomes encouraging when you see that your principal wants to be a part of of celebrating the positive moments that are happening in your room too. And so as school leaders, I think it's great for us to reflect. Sometimes we feel like we may be imposing on others by peeing in their rooms, or maybe uh, teachers feel like we're somehow intruding on their territory, but it needs to be a shared relationship where people see our presence as a way to encourage the good things happening in their room. And if it doesn't, if there's things that need to be addressed or corrected, that's, a, that's still our responsibility. And what it, there's not a better way to do that than to be present uh, so you can speak to it with, with authority or with at least uh, some reliability. Well, let's move on and uh, continue this conversation because I want to talk for just a moment about how do we how do we form the mission that helps us to stay focused throughout the year. And if you've ever heard me in conversations before, um, or if you were looking at uh, this week's readings, I talk a lot about motivation because I believe that in our school leadership, often it's the mission that we have, the motivation that we have that really affects whether or not we are accomplishing our goals. And so there are three, three motivations that I talk about in um, chapter four of this book. The first is the motivation of fear. And so often I don't think we stop and ask ourselves, what is it that's pushing me in this moment, this decision that I have to make when I'm stepping into a conflict situation with an upset parent? What is my motivation? Is it that I'm trying to not break policy? I don't want, want there to be an appeal. Or is it, I want to come out of this looking like I'm right? And so sometimes fear can be something that motivates us to make the decisions that we make as leaders. Often, I believe that as classroom teachers, even, we step into leadership for the wrong reasons. Maybe we're stepping in because we realize, especially in Oklahoma, that sometimes it's the only way for us to take that next step in terms of, of income. But that's such a short-lived motivation because when you step into school leadership, you realize that no amount of money can keep you motivated to do the hard tasks of managing and, and inspiring and helping others to learn. And so fear cannot be what motivates. Afraid of what others think can't be what helps us make our decisions. And on the flip side, pride can't either. 
if we let our egos drive the decisions that we're making, and we've all worked with leaders, often drive their decisions, prideful leaders, and all of us struggle with this, um, have a hard time admitting that we're wrong. We have a hard time accepting that we make mistakes. We have a hard time looking at a situation instead of how is it going to affect others? How is it going to affect me? And so I'm not talking about good pride, the kind of pride where you're happy when you've had a job well done. I'm talking about the the bad pride, arrogance. And so, so often I think we don't realize that our decisions as leaders can be so influenced by fear or by pride. And I heard Tim Keller, who's an author and a minister, talk about these specific motivations one time, and he's worked with people for over 30 years and in counseling. And he said that in almost every major life situation where he deals with people who are, who are challenged or struggling, they're, they're usually struggling with fear on the one hand or pride on the other. And so his question was, what is the third option? What is something that gives us a more positive motivation towards doing something? And he calls that word beauty. I call it wonder. Because when you look at the classroom, for instance, and a child who's learning, what motivates a child more? And you could say, you know, you often hear politicians talk about, you know, the carrots and the sticks. Do we motivate people through incentives or do we motivate them through punishment? Well, I think there's a third option. We motivate them by wonder. How do we get students so captured and so enthusiastic about the subjects that they're learning that they want to learn simply because of the joy of discovery or the joy of amazement? And so here, here's where I believe that goes. And I know that's, I, that's idealistic and that's not always exactly how things look in classroom settings. I was in the classroom for 11 years, so I know that. But here's the challenge I want to give us as school leaders. How can we in our own leadership remember the moments that keep us amazed or the moments that keep us enthusiastic? Because amazement and wonder, creating something that's an improvement, something that's better is, is what makes is what has made the most incredible discoveries possible in the world in which we live. And so when you think about history, for instance, you know, what would motivate Benjamin Franklin to fly a kite in, 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 in a lightning storm? Well, it was the wonder of trying to figure out what would happen if he could harness the power of electricity. What would cause someone like Steve Jobs to dream about technologies that could be held in our hands long before anyone else had imagined that possibility? And now we use our phone's every single day in ways that no one ever thought of 10 years ago. And so here's my question for us as school leaders. How can we remember the wonder and the amazement that's happening around us in our schools each day that keeps us focused on what we're doing school leadership for? So let me get really practical. As I step out of my car and I'm heading into my duties for a day, I'm always asking myself, what's the purpose of why I'm doing what I'm doing? It's not if it's to simply clock in and clock out or earn a paycheck, then it's going to be a short-lived motivation. But if my motivation is I want to create better opportunities for learning, I want to find things that are broken and find ways to fix them, I manage complicated situations till we can find a better solution, then you have a higher, more powerful motivation. And so there's three questions that I want you to chew on this week as you're thinking about your own motivations and identifying whether or not you're being motivated by fear or pride or wonder. And here's three questions. Number one, what motivates you to do your best work? Think about the times when you get the most excited about something. And maybe it's not even related to your educational leadership. Maybe it's music or maybe it's a hobby. But what gets you, what makes your heart sing and what motivates you to do your best work? That's where you're going to, the inspiration for the kinds of service that you can provide to your school. Number two, what meaning can you tie even to mundane tasks? I heard someone once say that um, in a book on meaning 
um, a psychologist had interviewed people in jobs asking them what was the purpose of their work. And she interviewed a hospital custodian who said, my job is to heal people. She has discovered that even in the mundane tasks, she has an amazing calling to do something great. And so whatever, the, even the reports that we do, even the most mundane things that have come with answering emails, how can we remember that there's meaning in the mundane? And number three, what is something that you want to learn about? Because I believe that if, we're, if we stop discovering, if we stop learning, if we stop having a hunger for discovery and learning ourselves, then it's going to be difficult for us to motivate others to maintain a hunger for discovery and learning too. So this week, I want to encourage you to think about that in terms of assessing your own motivations. And then last, I want to just focus on the last part of our conversation today on how do we take the mindset that's important for leadership and form that into a mission that's important for our leadership. But then how do we model that so that others see that coming from us first? Because I believe that leaders have to model what they expect from others. And I read a very interesting post a few years ago on a book by Smith called 20,000 Days. And Robert Smith uh, is an author who had just celebrated his 55th birthday when he realized that he had now lived 20,000 days on earth. And it became, it was kind of this profound understanding for him to think that, wow, my days really are numbered and um, and I've lived a long time. What do I have to show for it? And as I thought about his thoughts, I thought about my our own students, because when you get a student into your school, They've only lived a certain number of days. For instance, when I, you know, as a high school principal, when I would have ninth graders step into my building, I would often look at them and realize that, you know, that 14-year-old has lived about 5,000 days. How can I help them over the next 1,500 days of their high school career? How can I help them accomplish their goals? And that first starts with me. And so, you know, next week we're going to talk a little, I'm going to talk specifically about actionable things you can do to in school management, but I, I want to stay focused on you as the leader first. And, and so I want to ask you these, um, I want to give you three takeaways in terms of how you can be focusing on your own modeling of the kinds of behaviors you're wanting to see teachers and students portraying within your schools. And so three quick takeaways. Number one, set bold personal goals. What ways are you thinking through your own, your own goals in terms of what you want to accomplish, what you want to learn, where you want to grow personally. Because I believe that often we can get so focused on our school goals that we forget that first we have to keep working on ourselves. And we talked about that last week in terms of balance, but I just want to remind you that setting your own bold personal goals is helpful. And if you have a copy of the book on page 28, there are seven reflective questions that I think are important to ask every single year of ways that you can reflect on your own personal goals. And so let me commend uh, you to that, to that study. Number two, how do you model making the most of every single day? And so I believe that if we are going to want others, if we want to see amazing things happening with our teachers and our students within our schools, we have to model what we expect to see. So let me get really practical. If we are punctual, if we're dressed professionally, if we keep our commitments, if we avoid working on our personal to-dos during school hours, if we are walking hallways and keeping our promises and setting examples and allowing others to hold us accountable, then we're modeling exactly the kind of behaviors that we're wanting to see in our students and our teachers. So how do we model making the most of every day so that we can give that as an example to others? And then number three, how do we share our failures and our successes, because I think, think so often that it's easy for students to perceive us as distant from their experience. And so when you're working with students, especially or with teachers, it's okay to tell them where you failed. You know, often when I'm talking to students, I'll relate to them 
that I was that I was a horrible math student my freshman year of high school, and that F that I made in Algebra One caused me to have to retake it my second year. And the A I made my second year was because I had learned a valuable lesson about how to study and pay attention. But if I was afraid to fail to share my failures, then I haven't I don't have an opportunity to help them learn. It's the same thing with new with uh, new teachers. I often share with them the struggles I had as a new teacher or new principals. I'll share with them how difficult it was for me to be able to discern when kids were lying to me and and how often I was manipulated before I became more experienced in the hundreds of situations that I had to manage going forward. And so this week, let me just encourage you to making each of your days count with your own personal goals, your own modeling, and being honest about your failures and your successes with others. And so let's wrap this up. As you think this week about the positives that are happening among your school, how do you create a mindset that captures those moments and celebrates those out so that you can stay focused on why the leadership that you're involved in is so important? Two, what's the mission that you want to live by for the school year? And that mission cannot be one that's motivated by fear or pride. It has to be motivated by what makes you amazed at what's happening in your school. And three, how can you model those mindsets for your teachers and your staff and your students. Now, next week, we're going to talk specifically about some of the more practical parts of school leadership, dealing with difficult people, how to set specific responsibility standards for those with whom we work. And so, but but I, in these first two episodes, I really wanted to focus on you specifically as a leader, because as we focus first on our own mindsets and our own thoughts and our own priorities, I think it helps us in the leadership that we do with others. Well, Principal Matters listeners, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation this week. And as we're wrapping up this conversation this week, let me just close with a couple of thoughts. You know, when I made it public to my school over the summer that I was going to take a new position, transitioning from principal to a director position, I received an email from a junior boy in my school. And among the many words that he expressed, the ones that stood out to me the most was that he told me he wanted me to know that I had been a role model. Now, I don't tell you that for for self-gratification. I want to tell you that because I can think of a lot of times when I lost focus or was not motivated correctly, when I did not feel like a role model. And I can remember the times when I did not lead as effectively as I wanted to, but it's encouraging to know that there are students who are looking for role models. And when you are modeling for them those kinds of behaviors that you want to see developed in your student leaders or in your teachers, there are kids in your school today who are looking for examples. They value the examples that they see in their teachers and then then their principals because all of us are looking for someone who we could aspire to become like. And so I want to ask you this week, why is your mindset and your motivation and your modeling so important? It's important because others are watching you. And remember this week that you're setting an example for the direction, not that just that you're going, but that they will go too. Because you're, you are influencing the momentum and the atmosphere of those around you. And you will never do it perfectly, but you will leave a mark on those around you. So this week, let me just encourage you to determine to make that mark a positive one. 
I want to thank you again for listening. And if you found this week's podcast valuable or helpful, please share it out with others. And if you ever want to go over to iTunes and rank this program, it makes it more visible for other principals. And I would love for more principals to be able to connect and share and learn and grow together via this podcast. Well, until next week, I just want to remind you that the work that you do is so incredibly important. Continue to serve with a passion and with purpose. And don't forget that what you do matters. And I'll talk to you soon.